Hello, and welcome to Everybody A, Everybody Gay. A queer exploration of pretty little liars. With your hosts, Speak Pirate, a.k.a. Joanna. I'm here, I'm queer, and I have a cat named Spencer. And your other host, Elsio123, a.k.a. Vina, a proud member of the Church of Vanderjesus. And we are here today to talk about uh, Allison's disappearance over Labor Day weekend, a big time uh, in the mythology of the liars. Yeah, it's it's a Labor Day special over here. Um, Labor Day is pretty significant on the show. Um, if, if I could, if I was technologically savvy enough, I'd insert that clip of Spencer incredulously saying, since Labor Day, when Arya revealed the nature of Presria's relationship in uh, season one. But uh, yeah, Labor Day is, is a pretty big deal. And, and it seemed like it was a good time to talk about what Allie might have been up to. Her yeah because the show uh you know for all the show uh puts into uh you know whether allison was dead whether allison was on the run we sort of never really know uh we know that she was with uh cyrus is, is that this name for part of the time cyrus yeah Petrillo. yeah um so we know about that we we know that you know she was at different times you know hiding out at a b&b or maybe at ambrose pavilion uh, different things like that. But I just kind of wanted to take some time and talk about like, you know, alternative theories that we have had over time about Allie's disappearance uh, and whether they would have worked better or worse than what the show eventually went with. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, the, the thing is that like, first off, I just want to say like, I feel like the circumstances of Allie's disappearance became so muddled and bloated involving so many different characters and situations that the storyline sort of stopped being about something. Um, I feel like if one or a group of people were responsible or if, uh, if Allie had been doing something specific during her disappearance, this could be a storyline about something like, you know, if Jenna and Garrett hurt Allie, um, then it becomes sort of more clearly like a story about revenge if, if Ezra um, did it or was hiding her, then it becomes uh, sort of revealing the lengths he'd go to cover up a relationship. If Charlotte did it, it could be a story sort of about these two sisters. If Spencer did it, you know, that opens so many cans of worms. But when you make it about uh, everyone, when you make it everybody did it and Allie did all these different things when she was gone and it was a night of a thousand nights and all of that, and you essentially just sort of pick a few pieces of paper out of a hat, it stops really having the significance that it could have. The ultimate resolution is everyone did it and no one did it because Allie's not really dead. Right. Um, and it, it turns out, you know, the thing that we're supposed to be uh, looking at is who killed Bethany Young, who is a character who we don't even know exists at this point in time on the show. Um, so yeah, they definitely do a lot of work with, with the bait and switch. Um, but so let's talk about like, uh, you know, the, the show definitely has it be known that there were a lot of different people who interacted with Allie um, the night that, that she went missing. Um, we spent a lot of time in the part of the show that we're talking about now uh, with Jenna and Garrett and, uh, and what happened later. Uh, I think when we get into season three, we're going to learn about Byron's interactions with her that night. In season four, we're going to learn about Spencer's interactions with her and also about her getting into Ezra's car. Um, of all of these people who we know had interaction with her that night, who would you, if Allison were to have been dead, 
who do you think would have been the most interesting choice to be her killer with what motivation? That is a really good question. I think that I would probably say um, either um, either Spencer or Ezra with a side dose of, for a long time, I thought it was Melissa. Mm. Um, and I think, like, I think if, if you look at season one, to me, the most satisfying conclusion to season one if, if like we're looking at that as like one mystery would have been that it was Melissa mm. um, or, or Spencer, but I think Melissa is pretty, a pretty interesting one. Um, well, so would you? you say that Melissa and her motivation would have been uh, that Allison was a rival for Ian? That Allison was a rival for Ian and that also perhaps that, um, something maybe tied into Spencer somehow that, that Melissa saw uh, Allison as a, um, a, a dangerous force or a bad influence in Spencer's life as just sort of a general, like bad presence in their family life. Um, and that, um, that, that was perhaps, that, but, but that it was, it wasn't like premeditated that it was sort of uh, uh kind of rush of emotions sort of mm -hmm. thing um well as you know if if a was going to be one of the girls or if it was going to be one of the girls who had who had been involved with uh you know being a or, or having killed allison if, if it's one of the girls i'll always pick spencer because i think that that really has a lot of interesting potential that like spencer was chasing her own tail this whole time and just didn't know it i, I like that as like a, a piece of the story but uh, if I had to pick just somebody who interacted with Allison that night, who I think would have been uh, a really good, solid pick for the killer, uh, I like either Ezra or Byron Montgomery. Um, I like it. I, I like mm. the idea of it being an adult man who has previously been portrayed as a good guy. Because um, mm. I feel like Byron and Ezra share like a, a certain perfidy that hides in plain sight like we know about the bad things that they have done or the bad things that they're doing and yet the show still really frames them as uh you know upstanding men uh or men who are like capable of redemption i'm actually now that we're talking about it i'm actually going to go one further and i'm going to say i like the idea of what if byron and ezra killed her together that they have this a thing that bonds hmm. them, which, which would make a lot more sense uh, in terms of Byron wanting to call the police when he finds out uh, that Ezra is involved with his own daughter. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And also sort of Byron's interest in Ezra. Yeah, I think um, I always really liked Ezra as A. You know, I, I will certainly talk about that when we get to it in the show. Um, I think that that's a really interesting idea. What do you think of the idea of Allie's killer and A being the same? I person? think that that would have been fine. I don't think it necessarily needed to be split into two different people. I think that the show did it to service the mystery uh, so that if one mystery was solved, the other could go on. Um, but I, I think it would be fine to have it be the same person. And I think it, 
I, th- I think it kind of makes sense. Like Rosewood, the, the show just always chooses to have it be like, well, there's a club going around that videotapes all these young girls, but that's not the big secret. And there are all these adulterous men who are having affairs with young girls, but that's not the thing. And there are all these hidden family members, which is kind of the thing, but also not really. And there's this psychic who pulls her out of the grave. Like, the show just keeps adding and adding and adding elements. And I think it would be okay if there was just one menacing force uh, who was who was working in Rosewood. I also think it would have been interesting to have Allison be A. Totally, totally. Well, and, and I think that the setup for, um, for, for the time jump, which was so muddled, but the idea of A, forcing the liars to solve a murder, I actually think is an interesting idea. And if A had been more directly forcing the liars to solve Allison's murder, um, maybe even if, if A had been a, a De Laurentiis family member who yeah. wanted justice or something, I think that could have been an interesting idea yeah. as well. Yeah. But but another question I have is, so we've seen the whole show. We've seen season one of The Perfectionist. Um, we've 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 made it through the slog. Knowing all of that, what do we think of Allie being alive? Would it ultimately have been better or worse for her plot to live? Was it always a doomed idea to have her return because nothing could ever live up to the hype? Or is there a way that they could have had her be alive that could have made it worthy? Well, if there was a way that they could have made it worthwhile, they certainly didn't take it. Um, it it's really a shame. Uh, I, I think that the the trick was that when Allie was dead, she could be everything to everyone. Like, but when she's alive, she has to be like, they have to try to pin her down. And I, I at the time on the show, I did want Allison to be alive because I wanted Emerson to happen. Um, but based on the way that that ship turned out um, and, and everything with the perfectionists, I, I do have to say, um, I think it probably would have been a stronger choice for the writing to go ahead and let her be dead. Like Allison's murder winds up being like the catalyst for the show, but then also one of its biggest take backsies because she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they never found a way to make her as interesting in life. As yeah. And they, they kept trying to like, keep it alive. Like could Allison be bad like is Allison actually evil um but the way that they chose to do that was just like the writing of it was so clear that Allison probably wasn't going to ultimately be a villain that it just seemed um it it just seemed pretty shoddy well and and I think that a an, an unfortunate thing about the show and maybe it's um Maybe it's just because we're like <laughs> this show was, you know, a, a a show that aired on like ABC Family slash Freeform and was, you know, this wasn't like Breaking Bad or anything. Is that like Allison? Like Allison doesn't have to be likable, you know. Like Allison can be, Allison can be an unlikable character and still a character that we're compelled by and that we're following, um, and that we're maybe rooting for or maybe not even rooting for but she can still be a character that we um that we're engaged in her story you know i mean certainly like that was the case of walter white and tony soprano and you know um but for probably a lot of different reasons 
the show never really found a way to to balance that, I think, once they brought Allison back. I think that one of the most interesting uh, things that that we see in an Allison plotline after she's back is when she hires Noel to take the knife into the Marin house and Allison and Ashley are menaced by him. And then Hannah later finds, cause like, mm-hmm. that's a great alley move. Like that's a great alley situation of like, yeah. uh, you know, creating something that looks one way that is actually a different thing. Like Allison needed someone to believe her an adult someone important like ashley Marin, and so she like engineers this this situation um and i think like if allison had come back and was constantly doing things like that if allison came back and was the old allison and the story was about how the liars would or would not adjust to that and whether it would split the liars among themselves like with Emily being willing to accept it, maybe Aria being willing to accept it, but Hannah and Spencer being more reserved about it. Like, I I feel like that could have done interesting things to the story, um, but that wasn't really the direction that they chose to go. Like, they wound up... um, The show, I feel like, with everything that happens, um, with everything that happens with the thing, the show won Allison, which I feel like is... A weird choice especially since they wind up punishing her for something she didn't even do uh and i feel like that's the, that's the mm-hmm. part where the show really loses the thread of what it wants to happen to her yeah i i, I mean i do think that there's something sort of interesting about the idea of the trial uh, the idea that a girl like allison would return to her life and basically have to go on trial for who she is you know um but i think that it again, like it got so muddled and there's all this sort of like hurry up and wait stuff with the A reveal happening. And then we, we come back uh, from the whole dollhouse thing and Allison feels like a completely different character. You know, she's just, she's, I mean, we've talked about this, but she's just this flat milk toast sort of version of herself that is almost unrecognizable. And I was going to say, when we talk about that version of Allison, I always hoped, and and when you talked about like, was there a way the show could have done it that would have been uh, that would have been good, that would have been better? I always hoped that like the blank Allison that we were seeing was just a mask, and there was going to be a reveal that Allison had been playing everyone all along, including mm-hmm. the audience. And I would have been so there for that. I would have been, and like, you saw moments of it, like she steals. Um, what's his face she steals lorenzo's key card and goes down and is snooping through the evidence room like so it's like i it would give me hope and then i'd be like i hate that you know that the old allison is in there but she's just buried under layers of woolen writing yeah and it was almost like they didn't know how to write allison when she wasn't being filtered through the perspective of another character like sitting in Allison's POV was, they didn't know how to do that. Yeah, and like CF, our theory that Allison herself doesn't exist except through the, the filter of the other liars. Like, she maybe she was just always this sort of like boring person. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's really interesting, you know, I mean, not to, not to bring up a sore subject, but The Perfectionist, it's really interesting how that show took arguably the two characters who um 
you know, we talked about this, like most sort of, we never really got their internal perspective. And there was a really interesting idea about kind of centering a narrative around those characters. But then, I mean, my God, like it, they just, they just didn't know how to, how to write that at all. And, you know, and then, and then basically sort of a similar process that happened to Allison happened to Mona, which is just completely unforgivable. Um, you know, see the Mason storyline, my God. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard task. It's not an impossible task, I don't think, to have brought her back and had it be compelling. But I, I just think that they, they got too, like, so I, what I think they should have done when bringing Allison back, and I have a whole fic series that explores this, is like, let the mystery be on the back burner for a little bit. Either, which they did for like two episodes, and then they had A come back. Um, but let it be that, let us, let us like deal with the ramifications of Allison being back. Let Allison deal with being back in her life, who she is now, who the liars are now, how she comes back into this world. And just like, don't feel the need to get so caught up in the mystery and all of that. Like, just let us sit with these characters for a little bit. Um, that's what I think I would have done. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that there were just a lot of missed opportunities. I think that that would have been a better one to let the characters kind of, to let the characters take the lead uh, in a way that they don't, especially because like one of the things that happens during Allison's like sort of flat alien time is that the um, the show is rushing towards a conclusion of a mystery. Like the show is rushing just mm -hmm. plot points. And I also feel like there are plot points in the later years of the show, um, particularly with the Charlotte reveal and then particularly with, um, with everything that happens post time jump where they just don't let Allison like breathe much less exist as a human person. Um, and I, I like mm -hmm. it, it's, it's inconceivable why she marries Rollins uh, when we get to that point on the show, like why she would trust this person. Yeah. I understand. I, I can understand if the motivation is that Allison really wants to be a normal girl. She wants to seem like a normal girl. Um, you know, she's still working through some internalized biphobia, et cetera, et cetera. Like that I would accept, but the show doesn't tell you that the show is just like, here she is marrying it's obviously evil psychologist. La la la. Um, and I also feel like that about, like, there's a moment during the Charlotte reveal where Allison actually gets the line where she says, why wouldn't you have told me we were so close? And I always feel about that line, like, God, I wish that line would hit. I wish that the show had done the work to show us how close these two characters were that we would, like, really feel the emotional impact of that line but i mean they never did they were just lazy they like did the you know they kind of did like the tell don't show where we get like a few monologue moments uh from cc where we get a glimpse of that but we never we never really see any of that from allison's perspective at all yeah no i completely agree and and on the sort of like the rushing to the conclusion thing and this is this is not at all meant to be an excuse i think it's maybe a bit of an explanation is that what i remember hearing about sort of where the show was production wise at that point is that around the midpoint i guess of season five 
they got renewed or maybe the beginning of season five. I think it was the beginning of season five. They got renewed for, for two more seasons. And then the ratings started going down. And it was because, the, I guess, they figured out it was because people wanted a conclusion to the mystery. So they decided, okay, so we're going to wrap up this whole A mystery thing. And then we're going to do this whole time jump. And we're going to, and so it got this, it got really rushed. And so that, um, that just didn't serve the show well at all. And I think universally the last like two see, like, especially the last, um, season and a half, but, but really the last two seasons are, are, um, pretty much considered, you know, not good. <laughs> That's a- not not well that's a very diplomatic way to put it okay so we've talked a little bit about if allison um you know if allison had been dead when allison comes back what else could they have done um how do you feel about the lost year like what are some of the things uh you felt or feel like allison could have been up to during that year uh that that would make more sense than just the like sort of milling about just you know just doing whatever uh, the show kind of hand waves over. Well, I like the idea of Allison sort of being actively trying to solve her own, um, her own, you know, near murder, her own attack, basically. I I think that that's really interesting or trying to kind of like figure out like what is going on in Rosewood? What is going on with my family? What is going on with these people want me dead what's going on with the nat club um all of that i like the idea of her being really active in that um and i like the idea of her sort of traveling around and um making connections with different people i think that it's a much more interesting idea if these are characters who are part of the story independent of being part of allison's disappearance so like shauna and cyrus and some of these other characters to me are not that interesting because we only know them from the context of oh they're who Allie was with during her disappearance somebody like Noel Kahn on the other hand I think is fascinating because he's this character and then we find out he had this whole connection with Allison um you know the idea that she was in contact with Mona I find really fascinating um the idea that she um could have been in contact perhaps with some of the older generation, some of the parents, or even maybe members of the NAT club, I think is really interesting. Uh, certainly I know one theory is that she, that there was a pregnancy that was um, part of her storyline. I guess I'm always kind of split on that. I think it's an interesting idea. I'm not, um, I don't need that to be part of Allison's story, but I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting thought. Um, I do really like the idea that she and Charlotte, were were very involved with one another during that time because I think that the idea that especially if Charlotte was the one to attack her um I think the idea of Charlotte like the idea of redemption in that is really interesting to me Charlotte being the one to whether on purpose or not attack her and then sort of rehabilitate her and take care of her is uh is super fascinating to me um what about you well I mean, it's it's no surprise that I definitely thought during the show that it was maybe going to be a pregnancy storyline that that if you have a teen girl who disappears mm-hmm. for a year, who was like involved with all of these older guys, uh, that I thought that was going to be a very possible 
uh, outcome. Uh, so I, that seemed interesting. When Radley is entered into the mix in season three, I wondered if we were going to get mm. uh, a storyline where Allison had been uh, institutionalized uh, at some point and that that was going to be the answer. Um, I also thought that there could be uh, an amnesia plot where Allison has been like somewhere else living uh, a different life because she had all these different fake identities and something happens to her where she doesn't, uh, you know, she doesn't realize she's Allison and she's been like living somewhere else as Vivian Darkbloom or who knows who else. Um, all of those I thought were kind of interesting um, or the idea that she could have just been out joyriding with Charlotte. You know, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. I, I also, um, a couple of other things that I like, I like the idea of her um, like living a different identity, like basically thinking that she's um, better off or safer as somebody else. And maybe like being a, uh, you know, but being close by, like being a student at Hollis or something like that. I also think the idea of her being held in captivity interesting. Um, and I particularly, if with that theory, like the idea that it was Ezra and that he was holding her at that cabin of him. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, it, it seems like there's definitely a point in the show where they seem to be leaning in to the idea that Allison was blackmailing multiple people, that Allison was desperate for money. Um, I also wouldn't have minded uh, Allison coming back on like kind of a victorious note. Like she had extorted half a million dollars from the men of Rosewood and had just been out living the high life for as many years as that money would last. And now like she's coming back, you know, descending on like a, a float from the sky made of ostrich feathers or something. And like, here she is back in town to like tell everyone's secrets. Um, I think that that, had some potential as well totally totally what do you think of so we talked about sort of allison coming back full stop what do you think of allison coming back at the point that she came back do you think that there's a that there's maybe an an earlier point that her coming back would have been more powerful do you think i know it's like hindsight's 2020 but like what how, what do you think about sort of oh man i this is something we have never talked about before i don't think but i have i have a really specific answer for that question and my answer for that okay. question is that i think uh it would have been a really perfect conclusion to the end of season two to have allison be back in the episode where we find out that mona is a I think it would be really, I think that it would be really effective uh, in two different ways. I think it could be really effective uh, if Spencer is at the motel room with Mona and they find Allison and the first thing that Allison says is Mona is A. Uh, so then it becomes a mm. of like, is Allison telling the truth or is Allison actually A and like, who do we believe? I think that that could have been really compelling I also think uh, it could be interesting if Allison returns because she believes that A has been caught. Like if A was what drove Allison out of town, now that the liars like have someone, they have the first person who is like, this is A, this is for sure A, they're going to like do time for being A, uh, that Allison would find it safe to come back. Uh, I think that that could be interesting. 
And I also think it could be interesting uh, if in the moment when uh, Mona is saying, I, I did everything you asked me to, if season three had started off with a reveal that it was Allison she was speaking with. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. Um, I remember thinking that as well, like thinking how great it would have been if that was Allison. And, and of course, we later learned that Mona thought it was Allison, which um, turns out just sneaky in a robe. Um, but, <laughs> oh, season six, you, you really were something, won't, weren't you? Um, yeah, I, I think, to me, Allison coming back at the point that she did was, was interesting in that, you know, it always sort of feels like if, at the point Allison is going to come back, that's sort of implying that she's ready to come back or that the information that has been re- recently, um, you know, learned by the liars is like the most important piece or something like that. And to me, it always seemed to imply um, that Prezra was it, that Prezra was evil. I mean, we knew that Prezra was evil, but that Prezra was, Prezra was A. Um, the A that they were working with at that point and that him having been discovered was going to be the reason that Allison could could be safe again to be back in Rosewood and of course it turned out to be like just the opposite that it was like he was actually this great guy who was helping Allison and you know wanting to tell her story and all of that Um, and so that ends up making it like the timing of when she comes back is sort of irrelevant, yeah. right? Because it, it's just that she's coming back at this point because really, I think because the audience was frustrated with the back and forth and it was like, well, it's time to bring <laughs> Allie back. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think that um, like the time that she does come back, it kind of coincides with like the era <sighs> it really felt like the writers were out of ideas at certain points. Um, and then I'm not going to say that they were completely out of ideas because the dollhouse still happened, which I think is, is one of the like most interesting choices that the show ever made. Um, but, but for example, having Allie have been in like a forerunner to the dollhouse for that year, but be too traumatized to tell people about it um, also seems like it could have been an interesting choice in hindsight. Yeah, not having Allie be be part of the dollhouse directly um, was like an ominous clue of kind of like how Allie would be used for the rest of the series uh, because it. I mean, I love Mona having to be Allison in the dollhouse. I think that's super super interesting, but having Allie be on the outside was not a I don't think a very strong choice. yeah I, I definitely agree with that I feel like once Allison comes back the show does a weird weird thing where they kind of especially like post time jump I would say that this is true they treat Allison uh, in the same way that they treat like Sabrina, for example, like she's she's like yeah. a tertiary character who's a love interest for Emily uh, and that's that's like about it instead of like Allison central part of the show and she and she's just like absent for different episodes like there's like that 
a couple of episodes in and post time jump where she's like off on her honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, she's off on her honeymoon, or uh, she's in a mental hospital in a Hannibal Lecter mask and thus cannot speak or have any lines. Great. So uh, what do we think it means? Like, is there a significance uh, that all of these events happened over Labor Day weekend? Um, in terms of like the time of year or in terms of the holiday or just in terms of that it all happened at once? In terms of the like in terms of the story overall. Um, well, I think, you know, Labor Day is like right like back to school, you know, right around back to school. Um, I think that that's probably a significant piece um, because the school is such a central place for any high schooler, but especially in the early seasons of this show. Um, I do think it's interesting when you think about Prezra because he was like, um, Arya, he's like this new teacher in town who's going back to school with his, with his, you know, quote unquote, first teaching job or not, we believe that. Um, and, but I don't know, I don't know if there's significance beyond that. I also just think that PLL is like, sort of takes place in like eternal autumn. Um, literally at later points in the series. And so probably just for the, for the sort of mood of that time of year. I think it's really interesting that they choose Labor Day for the kickoff, um, just because, I feel like it generally marks the end of the summer. And I feel like in that way, like mm-hmm. despite what Veronica says that like the die is cast as soon as they meet Allison, I do feel like Allison's disappearance is like an end of innocence for the liars in a lot of ways that like the people mm. they were before are not the people they are after this happens. Yeah, that's totally true. That's a great point. That's a great point. Well, and in that in that same way, like you were um, talking about it being the start of school, I feel like it's also a new start for the liars. Like they have to find out who they are without Allison once this happens. Yeah, and maybe that's a good lead into something else I thought we could talk about, which is sort of the liars' life during the lost year. Um, what your thoughts are on that sort of head cannons or. Um, feelings that you have about boy that is um that's a great question uh we don't know very much about that for sure um we know that everyone kind of like they didn't just lose touch with aria that's something that's talked about in the pilot uh they lost touch with each other as well um so aria like they lose touch with because she goes to iceland so she's like physically separated from them Uh, And we also, um, we see that of the liars, Hannah and Spencer seem to have a more enduring, friendly connection than the others do. Do you agree with that? Based on the pilot, yeah. Oh, but but based on, like, do you feel like there's other evidence that contradicts that? Well, I think that, I I think that... um, as the series goes on, we sort of settle into like Team Sparia and Team Hanley a little bit, especially in the early seasons, I would say. Um, and I don't think that there's 
I mean, obviously I love Spana, but I don't think that there's much to suggest that Spencer and Hannah had um, a significantly closer friendship when Allison was alive. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. What do you think? Well, I think that mostly um, the fact that they're still friendly with each other dur- like during the pilot when we see them interacting in the store and stuff, uh, it seems like that might be more from their respective social positions at school. Like Hannah is extremely popular. Sure. Spencer is extremely involved in student government. Like in a weird way, it politically makes sense for them to like be at least like sociable with each other. Oh, I'm very into like a, um, you know, a, a, a version of the story where Spencer and Hannah like decide it's a good political move to start dating and then it like turns into more oh my goodness my 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 special talent is i can make a fake dating au out of any situation yeah well, that's like actually and and also you can make a spana fic out of a lot of different things so that was like that that pitch was just like right right in your wheelhouse there yes yep yep yeah give me <laughs> Give me 20 minutes and I, and I can figure out a way to make it span. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think that um, those two have like the most like friendly connection. Um, Emily seems like uh, she just kind of folds into her relationship with Ben and her, her time on the swim team. Uh, so she, I would say, seems like the most isolated from the other liars, but also... Uh, the person who seems the happiest to have Arya back. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And and whether that is just who Emily is or that perhaps Arya symbolizes a connection to their innocence, a connection to Allison, um, a connection to home, you know, maybe all of the above, uh, I think is, is very possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you have do you have like are there um sort of if we think about the lost year as like in terms of like the 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 lost year fix or the lost year sort of dynamics that could have taken place during that time Ooh, um well the the spana one that you just mentioned is uh is pretty funny um i also i i would like a fic that talks about Emily in terms of the way that she has to kind of process her own queerness, like within herself, like how it rattles around inside of her that year mm-hmm. while she's like mourning Allison, but she hasn't like when Maya comes on the scene, Maya is like uh, the, the unstoppable force like emily's uh you know emily's uh feelings of of wanting to like stay in the closet really don't stand a chance against like just like the dynamo that is maya saint germain um i think it would be interesting to to like get a quieter story of what's up with emily during that time period i totally agree i totally agree one of my favorite um bits from one of from one of your fix that kind of explores that a little bit is um during the 13 designs by hannah Marin fic the one the the little section where uh, oh yeah goes to the dance in the dress that yeah and 
Emily is like sort of processing Hannah having taken up the Allison mantle and it's sort of like there's like grief and rage and attraction and confusion and all of that like oh man I I didn't think that was what you were going to say I thought you were going to talk about act like everything is normal which is like a specifically lost year fic where Arya is in Iceland and Spencer visits her I actually forgot that I had that part in the Hannah fic but I, I love that part um so yeah I love that part too. I, I'm really, um, I love that, that span effect that you mentioned, or that's where I that you mentioned as well. Um, but I also just, I think that Hannah's sort of butterfly cocoon situation if, over that last year, I mean, she arguably has the most drastic change. And I find that really fascinating, Hannah, um, with the guidance of Mona's sort of controlling hand um turning into allison yeah the show does so much great work with identity and one of the things that i really liked about it was the way that um you know all these flashbacks that we get are about uh who the liars were when allison was alive and how the show really uh really gets at who they're going to be with allison gone and oh then who are they going to be once allison is back like uh it goes back and forth but i like the I like the stories being about who they are and who they're going to become, because I think like that's the basis for like every great story is like, here's where it starts. And then these are all the things we're going to have to go through to get it to its conclusion. And it's also why the ultimate conclusion of PLL feels so unsatisfying is because uh, the answers are none of that mattered. Right. And it's, and it's so interesting to me. I mean, one of my favorite storylines in the run of the show, and it's, um, again, one that I've written about. And when I went back and explored it, was surprised at how really truncated it is. But it's Hannah really struggling with her identity when Allison comes back. And Hannah, like, not knowing who she is or kind of what to do with, um, with, with Allison reappearing because it's like she she was Allison so now Mm -hmm. what does she do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting pieces and parts to it um when when season three kicks off is it Labor Day weekend then as well I believe so. so yeah it's like it's one one year later I think from the from the pilot. pilot huh that's so interesting that it's the i mean i know it's because it's the beginning of the school year but like it's so interesting that that's a time the show just keeps reverting back to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is and then it's when they go off well is that true when they no because that would be too late i was gonna say when they when they leave for college is it also Labor Day weekend? But I don't believe it is. I think that there's at least one or two other points in the series that specifically set it at Labor Day. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's their favorite federal holiday in PLL world for sure. Uh, apparently so. Apparently so. Um, yeah. Since Labor Day, <laughs> I love that. I love that moment. Um, Spencer's disbelief that it could have been since Labor Day. Um, what is your favorite we talked about this a little bit before but what is your favorite alley visiting the liars from maybe beyond the grave Ooh, um there are so many 
that I really, really like. Um, I, I think I have to give it to her pulling Emily out of the barn. Okay. Okay. For, for the, Emerson I mean, for the all. Emerson of it all. And for like the fact that she like, she physically does something helpful in pulling Emily out. Whereas, uh, and, and she physically touches Emily, uh, which is not something that she does in a lot of her other, uh, in a lot of her other, is she there? Is she not visits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, gosh, I, do we count the Radley ghost dance? Cause that wasn't a real visit, right? Right. Oh, but if, yes, I agree. We don't count it. Cause I don't think it's a real visit, but I love that scene with all my heart. I love that scene too. I love all of them. I mean, I love, um, you know, her visiting Hannah in the candy striper outfit, you know, the, the, it's the, the talking about, you know, you're always better off with a really good lie. What is that line? The truth isn't some shiny disco ball of mm-hmm. purity or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I love her visiting. Um, okay. So then it's a different time when she visits Spencer. Cause there's a, t- isn't there a time when Spencer wakes up and like the door is open yeah, I- in the Hastings living room. I think that um, I think that Spencer has hurt her hand. Uh, is it like they just? Was it when there's a fire at Jason's house and they pull Jenna out or something? There's always a fire. At yeah, I, I think that something like that has happened. Like uh, Spencer has been Spencer has been injured in uh, Spencer's been injured and she's on like pain meds and then she sees Allison. And Allison, like, takes some of the meds, and Spencer's like, who hurt you? Like, yes, yes. Uh, um, but there's also, so there's the, then there's the scene when Meredith has drugged Aria, and, um, and uh, Allie tells her about the tea, and she has a really interesting line where she says, you know why I picked you, right? which I always love that line. Yeah. I, I do really have to say that as far as that visit goes, that's one where I feel like if you need your maybe dead, maybe not friend to visit you from beyond the grave to tell you not to drink things provided to you by one of your nemeses, look at your life, Aria. <laughs> Make better choices. That is true. That is true. But I do really love her um, telling telling Arya that she knows, or asking if Arya knows. What do you think that means? What do you think it means when Allie says, "Like, what? What does Arya know?" Um. Well, so I think in terms of like why she picked her, like why, I think you could interpret that a few ways, like why she picked her to be one of part of her crew why she picked to visit her in that moment um why she picked i mean you could interpret like why she picked to take those pictures of her (laughs) um and then but like the answer to that you know why i picked you right i don't i don't know i think i think you could look at it a lot of ways i think that um Aria's relationship with Allison in some ways is always the most mysterious because it seems like there's sort of the least 
like there's sort of the evenest most even power dynamic in some ways and so it's like I kind of like the idea that Allison simply just likes Arya like she she actually just kind of likes her as a person and likes what Arya sort of brings to the table in a sense um and yeah I don't know what do you what do you make of that one I don't know I think it's really I think it's really interesting I think that Arya and Allison are alike in a lot of different ways um and I, I think that there's like a recognition of that there um I always wondered if like the Montgomery family tree was going to tie into the De Laurentiis family tree um maybe not for Allison because at that time we didn't know yet about Jason and Charlotte um but I, I thought you know maybe that could be something um but yeah, I don't know. I think it's an interesting, I think it's one of the most interesting lines in the show is, is like pondering what exactly that means. But I'm also going to say, like, while we talk about this lost year and other interesting lines that never like have a specific payoff, I'm also going to tag Maya knew because I always hoped that that meant that Maya knew Allison was alive, that sometime during the lost year, Allison had come in contact with her uh, and that there was some kind of like pre-existing uh, friendship, relationship, uh, enemyship, whatever, whatever it is, um, that would kind of that would kind of be like an explanation for Maya coming in and being so certain uh, of how Emily would respond to her. Yeah, I think yeah, the Maya and Allie connections and Maya with the and the parties and the you know and the tapes and all of that that seemed so much like it was going to matter <laughs> and then just didn't is um that's that was always a real sort of bummer bummer yeah thing, I think. yeah definitely definitely agree there especially because we we don't know yeah, what Maya knew refers to like that's never that's never explained don't they eventually explain it away as, and it's really stupid that it's something like Maya knew that Nate was after her or something like that. We'll see when we get there, but boy, that's, um, I mean, it, it yeah. would be weak either way, but that's particularly appalling. We know that. We know that Completely. she knew that. I mean, oh my goodness. Right. Right. And also like, if somebody's trying to kill you in the moment, you know that they're trying to kill you most of the yeah, time. The- <laughs> There's yeah, not a lot of they're just hitting there. you over the head um, with rock uh, constantly. I guess so. I guess so. And you're wearing a yellow top. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other sort of like great alley lines. I mean, she's got so many of them. Oh, oh, one of my favorites. Um, this was from... Uh, this isn't really related to her disappearance, but it's just a, an alley line that I love, um, is when she's talking to Emily and it's it's during that whole mushy squash conversation and she's painting Emily's toenails and she says to Emily something like, um, be careful, be careful about what you're good at, hun, or you'll be doing it for the rest great of your life. Great line. And I think that's, I love that line. I think that's such an interesting line. Um because it is and I also just think it's so true like yeah like sometimes the things that we're good at we do because we're good at them and they're not always the things that we're yeah or that are best for us or that are going to bring us the most happiness 
completely, completely. Um, and I love Allison seeing that Emily yeah. is to hear that. Emily, Emily of really of all the liars. Maybe Arya could use. Well, it but but look at what Emily is good at at that point. She's good at self denial. She's good at like keeping her true self a secret. She's good at like trying really hard to not feel her feelings. And those are all things uh, that yeah. Allison has a vested interest in uh, eventually having Emily overcome. Yeah, and she's good at playing the part of the good girl. You know, I think especially for, for women, that's such an interesting line because that whole idea of like be the good girl is so um, kind of put into well, us. Well, and because uh, who is who is Emily at that time? Emily is like Pam Jr. You know, like Emily is, uh, a- a Pam is raising mm-hmm. Emily very deliberately to become Pam, like to, to become her mother. Uh, so I think that right. that is really interesting because Emily, uh, like it's interesting all the ways the liars do and do not become their parents over the course of the show. Um, but that's, I, I feel like absolutely Emily very uniquely uh, manages to retain a lot of Pam's good qualities and cast aside a lot of the judgments that Pam has uh, about other people. Well, and what's interesting about that is that Pam herself grows a lot throughout the series and learns to let go of some of her judgments. Uh, contrast that with Ella and Aria. Aria, I think, becomes a lot like her mother in a lot of ways that are not so great. And Ella, I would say, does not really experience much growth throughout Yeah, the I would totally agree with that. Um, probably the least growth, actually, of any of the parents. Especially, she actually, she might wind up, like, mm-hmm. she might wind up, like, behind where she was when the series started, because she winds up marrying Byron again. So she's, like, making, she's making the same bad mistake exactly. with, with her eyes open this time. Yeah, she's, like, gone yeah. sort of into the circle somehow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some other things you want to talk about around this whole lost um and just and- like what do you feel is like given given what we know about the alley plot and how it's going to shake out with uh within the confines of the show what do you think was their most disappointing choice and and i don't think we can give the answer because we already talked about the Ooh. choice to bring her back in the first place like of the answers that they gave excluding the answer of having her be alive what do you think was the worst like take back see that they did about the whole thing oh um that's a really hard question i think i'm gonna go with the take back see that oh no just kidding she wasn't um she wasn't sleeping with all of these older men particularly Ezra Fence, that it was like, that was a totally like innocent thing. He was just like writing a book about her and was fascinated by her. And um, no, there's no significance to the fact that this is the second teen girl he's been um, having a relationship with in so many years. Uh, I, I think that that, that's sort of a big one, but I, I think that to me, to me, that was really pointed towards this weird thing that, that continued into the you know into the sort of flattening of Allison where it was like wanting to 
wanting to make her character really like pure and sort of sanitized and like kind of this like sort of almost like virginal like almost wifely person which is very much in the whole Lorenzo thing when she's like making him soup and all of that and and wanting to kind of have her be this just like really um yeah it was like it was almost like the show had this like like for lack of a better term like this sort of like Madonna whore complex with Allison and didn't know how to let her be Com- yeah, complex. I, I definitely agree that they um, seemed to feel like she had to be either one or the other. And I think that looking back, that goes to the idea of like, if she was a whore, the show needed to punish her in other ways. Like, if she if she comes back, that means that she was always the Madonna, you know? Completely. Yeah. So I think that that would be my answer. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I would say... Um, like the take backsies around Ian and Ezra, particularly the Ian thing where he took her to Hilton Head with with no uh, with, with no intentions of them hooking up. Like he just took this teenage girl on a completely platonic trip across state lines to his hotel room where they were gonna do crossword puzzles and have long walks on the beach together. I I'm I'm pretty skeptical about that. Right, and and um, with Wilden as well. I mean, Wilden was kind of part of that as well. And, and part, I, part of what's so infuriating about that is that it feels like it, like when you have them not have sex, it sort of makes it, it's like, oh, well, he was the guy who had this restraint. She was like, she was pushing it so far and being so, you know, like seductive or whatever, but it's like, oh no, he showed restraint. And so like, he's a good guy. Rather than the fact that, like, why was he even there with this teenage girl? Yes, yes. And also when they act like he showed restraint, therefore he's a good guy, like, that puts it on, like, that that puts so much on the woman in that situation that she is the one who, like, what else is she expecting? She's there in his hotel room in Hilton Head. And it also, like, it, yeah, it's it's really gross on a number of different levels. Um, uh. but yeah Completely. so like Completely. labor day a yeah. big a big time a lot of stuff happening um for the characters on the show um so so here's a here's a discussion uh how do you feel like if pll were still on the air what would be happening in rosewood on labor day this year who would be getting murdered or disappeared etc oh what a fun question um okay well i was gonna say that ezra would be getting murdered but i'm i'm actually i'm actually hoping that ezra's like long Mm -hmm. been dead by this point um like he was murdered like a, a couple labor days ago maybe um maybe he was wearing a yellow top and got (laughs) buried in the yard um but I think I mean I guess it sort of goes to the question of like are the liars still in Rosewood um which I I would be okay with them all getting out of Rosewood once and for all like visiting when they want to and and being gone when they don't maybe they come back to Rosewood on Labor Day and like 
have a cocktail together and, um, you know, reminisce and, and all, and all hang out in Spencer's barn, uh, her very, very fancy barn now. Um, maybe, um, maybe Hannah has too much to drink and has to spend the night. Um, didn't the perfectionists, <laughs> didn't they have like a post episode web series text message hint that Spencer was pregnant? So maybe they all come back to town, back to uh, town because, uh, baby abs is born. No, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Be Toby who's murdered, and then Hannah has to stay and help Spencer raise the baby. <laughs> See, you're not even gonna tempt me with that. Spencer and Toby did not get married. It's not canon. Spencer is not pregnant. That's not canon either. I reject it all. <laughs> I reject it all completely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I, I mean, I have so many different thoughts about what could happen to the liars after the series. You know, I've written different fics about it. I've had many, I've written different, many different fics in my head about it that haven't, you know, made it onto the page. Um, I think that I hope that they're happy. I hope that, um, I hope that Prezra is either in jail or in the ground. I hope that, Spencer and Toby are not together um and I hope that they're all still friends and that they can find a way to sort of let go of some of these traumas and for for Labor Day to get to be just another another day and not a a sort of trauma filled occasion for them if, um, if the show you? were still on, uh, I feel like probably uh, this is about the time when, uh, like, Alex or Mary Drake would be murdered. Um, you know, Alex sure. Drake turns up dead and the liars have to figure out if that's Spencer or Alex, etc. Um, but what I would love to see, I would love to see it be that the liars all fake their own deaths in Rosewood uh, in order to escape from Rosewood and the specter of A on a permanent basis. Okay. Okay. That works. I, I'm trying to do a little math here. So, so PLL ended in the 2016, 2017 season. So for the 2019, 2020 season, they would be starting yes. what, season 10. Okay. okay. So you actually, um, with that point, Alex and Mary Drake might've previously been killed off. You make a good point. They might've previously been killed off. Um, you know, who, who would A be, do you think? Some, some new uh, family member? You know, extremely oh. likely. Or, as you know, I've always been interested in the idea of Spencer becoming A. Um, so I, 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 would be, I would be here for that as well. You know who would have been, who would have been killed off by this point and who it's shocking made it to the end of the series? Oh, yeah. Lucas. Or actually Melissa as well. Especially since, uh, especially, especially since Melissa Hastings is now... Uh, you know, she's assumed a different identity as a doctor on Chicago Med. <laughs> there we go. Um, by the way, did you know that Troyan is in Rosewood? Yes, and I am. So there are, there are a ton of movies that I want to see that are coming out in August. And Where'd You Go, Bernadette is very high on the list. Uh, I, I've already seen The Farewell with Aquafina, which is amazing. It's so good. It's so moving. Um, we saw that. We saw um, 
the Dora the Explorer movie, which was actually really adorable. Uh, I liked that a lot. And we also saw uh, The Kitchen, which is that mafia movie that has Melissa, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, that was really good too. So, so many good movies coming out in August. Uh, I'm really, really excited about Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Because Tryon is in it with a lot of other great people. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Do we have more to say about Labor Day and Allison no. and all the things? At some point, we'll probably do like a deep dive on yeah. Allison in general, like Allison's character. Um, but this is just kind of a little bit about that that time period on the show. Um, uh, one thing that I will say that I... No, oh, I was just going to say the, the only other thing I have about Labor Day is I feel like the eventual uh, reveal that it's Bethany Young... Uh, a character who we didn't even know about at the time that all of this stuff was happening, who was actually murdered. I feel like that is the harbinger of doom uh, that eventually leads to stuff like Sarah Harvey being red coat, black veil, where the show is not afraid to just make it someone that you've never heard of before and had no emotional attachment to at the point that the mystery was unraveling. Totally, totally. And, and one thing that I was going to say is also a bummer, I think, about Allison's, um, Allison's return uh, is that she, her mother is killed in that time period. And she and her mother, we never really get to see them together. And I think that's such a shame because I think the few moments that we do get with Allie and her mom are great. I think that when Andrea Parker comes back as Mary Drake, um, she is a really interesting dynamic with Allison. I, I think Andrea Parker is fantastic on the show um, and really is the only reason why I'm like mildly okay with parts of the Mary Drake storyline. Um, but I just think that, um, that that's such like a bummer that, that she gets killed off and, and we don't get to see uh, the two of them together, especially since the moms are such a significant part of the show. Um yeah, I justice justice yeah. for Jessica, and then that we don't get that mystery solved for like ever. <laughs> yeah, and then the solution is really ridiculous too. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that that is really interesting, and I think that Allison is weirdly excited to see her mom. Like, I understand being eager to see your mom when you've been on the run for you know however long she's been on the run for at that point, but she does also seem really eager. Uh, to reunite with someone who last time she saw her was burying her alive. Well, relationships are complicated, you know. Especially in Rosewood, it's true. (laughs) Especially in Rosewood. Um, But yeah, that was a bummer too. And then that she's left with her awful dad. I mean, Kenneth is like the worst. Speaking of Labor Day, liking Kenneth is a job of work, that's for sure. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, in a show of terrible fathers, Kenneth kind of has to take the Indeed. Well, if you have any other thoughts about Labor Day, what you think happened uh, with Allison's disappearance, what you would have liked the show uh, to do with that, please give us a shout. Uh, You can email us at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. And you can also check out our Instagram. That's right. That's at Everybody A Podcast. And uh, you can also drop us a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Um, yeah. And if there are other like special episodes, we have some ideas for certain special episodes we want to do. But if there are 
other special episode requests that you have out there, we'd be very interested in hearing about them. Um, Cause it's a fun, it's a fun little, it's a fun little thing to do a deep dive on, on one specific topic. Um, especially since we don't have to talk about the perfection. Oh, anymore. we should also say uh, in between season two and three, we're thinking about doing uh, a bonus episode related to Veronica Mars. So if you're like maybe watching that show or used to watch that show and you haven't caught up on season four yet, just to give you a heads up that you may or may not want to take a look at that. Totally. Yeah, we're, we come at it from slightly different places because I'm watching it. I'm Vina, watching it for the first time through and uh, Joanna's wa- watched the whole series previously. So it's an interesting, interesting place to be. I'm in the drudgery of season three right now, but I'm looking forward to- <laughs> Yeah, to season, season four, four redeems it. Uh, so yeah, uh, but anyway, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope everybody had a great holiday weekend and till next time. All right, take care.